Hey everybody, and welcome to Words of Whiskey, episode 33. Hosted by Bradley Cooper and Tom Cruise. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I, I was not expecting you to open with that. <laughs> kind of, you, kind of, you, you completely threw me off there. I mean, I've had a joke with somebody else that I look like Bradley Cooper, even though I definitely don't. I look much more like Stephen Merchant. I had to come up with some sort of improvisation for yourself, Henry. Did you call me Tom Cruise? Because I'm sure. No, it was because he's doing your own stunts. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, I, I usually get Andrew Garfield. That's the one I usually get compared to. Yeah, no, actually, no, I get that. Do you remember our old boss? He used to say I look like... Um, yeah, I do. Yeah. When your hair was longer, 100%, and less beard, 100%. <laughs> that really kind of threw me off the intro there. Thanks for that. <laughs> You're welcome! Keeping you on your toes, Henry. Yeah, so, yeah, it's been, a, been again, a little while since we've done the last episode, so, yeah, it's nice. When was the last one, February? Well, I think February or March. I think it might okay. be March, so yeah, it's March. been. We weren't able to fit one in, April, unfortunately, both quite busy. Um, yeah. Anyway, here we are again, ready to have some whiskey, have a chat, have a good time. So, I have prepared something really quite fun for this episode, and I thought, seeing as it is spring. It is spring. And I have brought along a couple of spring banks. Spring bank! So, this is. A whiskey that is notoriously famed in the in sort of whiskey geekery, like uh, so many people who are huge whiskey geeks. Springbank is the one that I always heard about, particularly since getting in the industry. I'd never really heard of Springbank before, but since getting into the whiskey industry, it's all I ever hear about now. It's like, oh, you've got to try Springbank. You've got to have it. People are always looking for it, hunting for it, and it's become sort of notori- but sought after. Very, very sought after. It's um, also, um particularly prevalent with people buying it and then putting it on the secondary market at mm. very elevated prices. I see. <laughs> <laughs> but I've actually um, tried both of the two that I have here. So I've got the 10 and the 15, um, which I was very lucky to come across. I think the, the 10 I found when I was visiting my other friend Tom in Shrewsbury. There's a little whiskey shop there. And... Uh, they just, I think they literally got it in that day, and I said to the guy, I was like, is that, um, is that a spring bank? Yeah, it's like, or is like, what I'm picturing here is like the light through the window, sort of like God rays onto this whiskey <laughs> bottle, and there's like an angelic choir in the background as he spotted it. It's like, ah, oh, like, is quite. that spring bank? And then the owner of the shop's watching you, like, you're right, mate. <laughs> No, it's um, uh, they were just at, uh, put aside on the, uh, at the back of the counter, and uh, I just said, oh, "Are those reserved or anything?" He said, "No, this this one, it's not reserved." So, oh, can I get it? And so, yeah, then had quite a nice little discussion with him. He was very, very friendly chap, very pleasant to talk to. I've actually been fortunate enough to have a bottle of Springbank Ten before, so this is actually my second bottle. I hadn't cracked it open really? yet. Yeah. But the Spring Round 15, I've never had a bottle of before, but I tried oh, cool. at a bar um, up in London. This was like last year, I think it was. How sick. did they manage to get hold of some? Uh, probably through allocation and stuff, like restaurants and bars and stuff will be able to get like small oh. allocations of certain things. Um, but yeah, I was out with friends. I think it was for someone's birthday and we were at this really nice cocktail slash whiskey bar. Saw it on the menu. I was like, I've, I've got to try that. Tried it and I really really enjoyed it so I've luckily managed to track down the bottle of 15 but I've I'd held out on opening both of them A because I already had a bottle of the 10 open which I finished a few months ago but I thought seeing as I've mentioned Springbank so many times to you 
I've heard so much about it. You've heard stuff about it from me secondhand. I remember I was in Oxford and I mentioned that I saw in the whiskey shop in Oxford something that was um, on sale and it, it contained an unknown... Um, Campbelltown. Campbelltown whiskey. And you exploded. <laughs> you need to get it. It's probably Springbank. I, I did not regret it. It's an amazing bottle. That was the Cast Treasures. The, one the we Cast Treasures. Yeah. yeah. It was a blend of Campbelltown. So it's probably like a mix of Glen Scotia and Springbank. And it's really nice. Yeah. Well, you've still got a little bit left. Somewhere, still got a bit left. Yeah. I'm saving. Saving, yeah. But uh, yeah, Spring. Uh, it was funny, like, I'd never really heard about it until getting into the industry, and since then, it's it's the word on everyone's lips that you have to try this. Um, I've really enjoyed what I've had so far. But I'd held off opening both of these bottles, because, like, I'm going to wait, and I'm going to have it on the podcast with Tom. Yeah! Uh, and I thought, what better time to have it a spring bank than in spring? In spring. Also, it's spring. been a very wet and dreary April, as we are literally We've on had a, a few good we've days. We've had a few good days, but we're just on the cusp of May, so I thought, now's the time to crack it open. So we're going to start with the 10, and we will move on to the 15 a bit later. Yeah, I've, got a, I've actually got a properly... <laughs> I properly opened it. Uh, I must say, looking at them, the 10 looks noticeably lighter and clearer yes. than the 15. So I think the... Hang on. Yeah! So the 15, I believe, is a lot more sherried. Oh! Um, but they're both, I believe they're both lightly peated. The 10 certainly is, and I'm pretty sure that the um, 15 is. So this is a perfect blend of Henry and Tom preferences. Yes. So yeah, Springbank is one of the three distilleries in Gambletown. Glen Scotia is my, usually my preferred. I, I like. Glen Scotia because it's just You're so, so much fan. So to be fair I've never accessible. had a Glen Scotia in one uh, I've always gone this is a very reliable yeah. distillery their uh, festival bottling is coming out next month <laughs> and I am I am going to be getting a few of those because I have a little see cut. you at the window yes <laughs> I, I need it I need I need the I think it's uh, I think it's going to be a 11 year old um, lightly peated white port finish which is going to be really interesting because yeah, I don't know if I've had many, if really any, white port finished whiskies, especially peated ones. Yeah, because uh, like last year's I one, may have to join you at that window. Yes, because last year's one was amazing. It was an eight-year-old uh, PX finishes. Oh, I brought you a sample on one of the episodes, and it was, oh, I loved it. It's it was nice. Cast strength. It t- it smelt and tasted like smoky treacle. It was mm. wonderful. So I'm yeah, I'm a big. But anyway, back to Springbank. Let's um, I, yeah. Uh, again, I tried this whiskey. I've really enjoyed. It. So this Springbank ten, forty six percent. I believe it's lightly beaded. I think it is a mix of ex bourbon and sherry cask. I think predominantly bourbon, um, but I am not one hundred percent sure. <laughs> Either way, I'm loving the very Celtic influences on the label on the bottle. It's a very Celtic kind of font for it's a Springbank. And the Springbank logo, if I look at it the wrong way or like the, from a, from an angle, it looks like a, like a kind of Celtic spiral. Uh, kind of see what you mean as well. It's an S, isn't it? It <laughs> is indeed an S, Henry. <laughs> yeah. Or is it like, uh, what is it that from that uh, Superman? Uh, what, what's that symbol in your test? Me? Oh, it means hope. Well, to us, it looks like an S. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe the S stands for super. Like, uh, maybe super whiskey. Super whiskey. Speaking up vodkas and backstreet alleys. <laughs> so what do you make of the nose? 
what do you think what do you get because often something I hear associated with Spring Round is this idea of Campbelltown Funk Campbelltown yes. Funk yeah and it sounds like a kind of like music genre or it sounds like a band yeah it does we are Campbelltown Funk I just want like some like blues um, bass background Campbelltown mm. Funk doom, 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 doom. yeah seeing as I've tried it but you've never tried it before what what do you what do you get and don't you dare say whiskey <laughs> 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 no, I'm not our friend here. I'm not going to just say that just to annoy you. There is only that slightly... that it is that little funky element to it. Yeah. Some, something... Yeah, something different. slightly spicy, slightly sharp. A bit fruity. There's something sort of yeah. fruity, like, um, like ripe banana. Ripe banana? Yeah. Maybe like hints of smoke. But not nearly... Definitely not like a... Really peaty whiskey. It's not. You're not getting. No, it's, not, it's nothing like that. Nothing like that. No, it's nice. Okay. It's not like when I say funk. It's not like it's offensive to the nose or anything. No, not right? at all. Not at all. Sort of like. I say maybe like a touch of rubber as well. Rubber. Oh, you're putting ideas in my head. Now I can smell it. <laughs> yeah. That's the fun thing I found with this is you say something and it's um. What you should yeah. do, the next whiskey that we try, that you, that I haven't tried, you should just make up random bullshit and see if I take your word for it. Yeah. It's like I was doing, um, I was doing a tasting thing for work the other day and there was a whiskey we were trying, it was a rye whiskey. But to me, it, you get a lot of that rye and that spice, but um, it also reminds me a bit of ginger cake. Okay. And I was saying that to people I was like sharing the whiskey with. As soon as I said it, they were like, oh, so it's it's like it's a thing. It's just power of suggestion. It's power, it's power of suggestion. I also think there are some people who are, and I hold up my hand and say I do this sometimes. Who are like, that smells great, but I don't. I'm not picking anything else. Yeah. And then we put on the spot. And as soon as someone says anything, we're like, yes, I get that too. Yeah. Don't pick up me next. Yeah. But the thing is, problem I find with like um, when I'm assessing different spirits, so I'm like trying stuff and I'm trying to make tasting notes and everything. I usually find if I've got a lineup. I often find by like the fourth or fifth one, I'm kind of like really struggling. That's when I, <laughs> where I'm like, I'm, Your nose is like, what has hit me? Yeah, I've kind of gone nose blind and taste bud blind. And like, that's when I start to like struggle to pick stuff up. So I have to often take a break and then I'll come back to it. And that's when I'll, but even then again, when I'm chatting with someone, like we're doing an assessment together and then they start to say something again, I'm like, oh, now you've said it, I can't <laughs> not see it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's, let's try it. it. Oh wow! Completely different feeling from when it, you first sip it and when it's first like like on your tongue in your mouth, and then as you swallow, it's got that like journey. Mmm, mm. it's nice. Yeah. I'm a bit touch oily, I'd say. Yeah, slightly viscous on the mouth. Definitely getting you get that slight. Also, once you swallow, you get that sort of like slightly lingering touch of smoke to it. Yeah, it's not. It's not heavy. It's not overpowering. No, it's sort of like um, yeah. it's just sort of like an extra flavour. It's not. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's not something that you're going to be like, oh, Peter Whiskey. It's just there. You know, it's there, and it's just accents other things. Mm. But it definitely feels like it's better. Like if you just hold it in your mouth for a bit, and then you swallow, it kind of feels like it's going through several different layers. Yes, layers. Yes. Yeah, which is something you really like. I love whenever, that. I love you, that. I've never experienced anything else that has these kind of layers. Yeah. It's nothing's immediately leaping to me as to like flavor notes, but Yeah, I know that's what I'm struggling with. It's not 
like that's a bad thing. I no, can, I, I can no. tell this is really nice, but it's just really nice whiskey. But I'm not. Can really... we say it's unique? I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, it's it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. It, but it's sort of unique. We're struggling to find what about it is, makes it good. Maybe the, maybe the combination of everything is what makes it good. But if you were to like you know quiz somebody, oh yeah, what flavors are you getting from Springbank? I, I I would struggle. I love it, but I would struggle to come up with a list of flavors. Mm. Again, maybe it's like the influence of what I said on those. But again, there's kind of like like oily element. I get sort of like fruit, but I can't pinpoint what fruit I get from it. Is it that slightly rubbery? note as well but it's not unpleasant it's yeah like I said it's funky it's weird it's funky it's different <laughs> but I don't quite know how to put my finger on what flavours I'm getting I think I don't I think this is what I I couldn't be like a a blender or anything like that I don't <laughs> think I have quite have the palate or the nose for nose for it but yeah, I still like whiskey in that regardless. No, of yeah, course. That's nice. It's been, yeah, it's been train your palate to get to that level. I mean, I think since I've delved so much deeper into whiskey, I think I can go. You've definitely evolved. I, You've definitely yeah, evolved. I think I, uh, compared to like what I used to be, I think probably if we went back further in the episodes, probably definitely don't have the level of knowledge or insight that I do now. But that's the nice thing about working in this year. I've tried so much more and I've been able to develop my palate. But yeah, even there are times where I'm like, it's just, it's just tastes nice, but I can't, I can't put my finger on it. Whereas I imagine if I gave it to someone else, it's so much better than this, then I can, they can list off so many. But even like when I'm reading reviews and stuff, there are people where it's like, they can't, when they're actually writing notes, it'll be, it's not what they got straight away. It's sometimes they will actually like leave their glass for like half an hour and then come back to it and then they get something different or they'll write initial notes they'll leave a bottle for a while and then come back to it like a few weeks or months later and then they get some other like why I think I've said where I've had bottles open and I've come back to them and they've been different yeah it's because oxygen plays a impact on whiskey although I can't pinpoint what it is I like about it it's it's great it's tasty (laughs) it's nice (laughs) I see why it's sought after. Yes. Yeah. It's just really tasty, nice whiskey. Yeah, I forgot how much I actually enjoyed it because it's probably it's been a few months since I actually had last had it. But yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. So, Dom, do you have a bit of whiskey trivia prepared for me? I do indeed. And you continue your role of uh, trivia master this year. Hey. Okay, I've got two pieces of whiskey trivia. So the first one. Do you know what Glenfiddich actually means? I reckon this is something you knew, but you probably can't recall. No, I'm guessing like a Glen, like a Scottish Glen. Glenfiddich means Valley of the Deer. Uh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, of with the uh, yeah with the deer. With the deer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I should probably I probably <laughs> have heard that before and just completely forgot. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Okay. And my next bit of whiskey trivia: What was Canadian whiskey once known as? I don't know. No, it was a, once known as brown vodka. Which <laughs> <laughs> it's just a phrase that I'm very uncomfortable with. <laughs> brown vodka, anybody? Yeah. No thanks. 
it just makes me think of that uh, the Peaky Blinders with um, Tom Hardy and uh, <laughs> you want um, the brown bread or the white bread? Want the brown bread or the white bread? <laughs> I'll take the brown. Ah, oh, Tommy and Browns for workers. <laughs> I think either of us could do that accent yeah. very well. No, no, no. I definitely can't do a Tom Hardy. I just, I just go get like a mug or something. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> the Bane accent. The Bane voice, yes. Anyone can do that. Yeah, you just, like I said, you just put a cup on. It's <laughs> like those plastic cl- cups or something from a party. You know, oh, I was born in the darkness, smoldered by it. <laughs> you think darkness is right, I? <laughs> what will break first, your mind or your body? <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. I could, if I had heard that Gunfilic fact before, I evidently completely forgot, and I did not know the uh, the Canadian whiskey one. I don't think I've tried many Canadian whiskeys. I yeah, and not something I've delved super deep into. I've never heard of any. Oh, uh, Crown Royal. Have you ever heard of that? No. I've heard of Shivers Royal. Regal. Shivers Regal. No, that's a blended Scotch. No. Huh. <coughs> Maybe one time we'll have to look at getting a uh, Canadian whiskey then. Mm-hmm. Then we can have some brown vodka. Yeah, we have some brown vodka. <laughs> mm. Sorry, I can't. I just can't. Yeah, I'm enjoying that spring ring. That's nice. Mm. All right, now I have a question to pose to you. Okay. This is actually something I saw on um, Instagram the other day, and I thought this would make a really fun discussion. Right. Is what books are there out mm. there that you think would make for great TV shows oh think, my I think god I, I think I even sent this um, clip to you didn't I it was quite possible yeah because they were going on about um, a couple of the ones they were saying were like uh, um, Joe Abercrombie and mm. a few of those which yeah so, to be yeah. fair <coughs> Joe Abercrombie's first Lord trilogy specifically the first that, that, book that was Blade itself I completely understand what they were saying that it's got quite an episodic structure mm. it would definitely make for a good TV series yeah, that was one of the ones I made. And it's got a good cliffhanger ending, which um, lots of studios at the moment seem to quite like. Mm-hmm. But other, it's uh, that it's that sort of medieval fantasy which does capitalizes so well. on the po- on the popularity of Game of Thrones yeah. and it's, Lord of the Rings. It's a mix of um, like medieval fantasy and magic, mm. which yeah, like it seems very popular at the moment. But the characters and the world. Setting and like the journey as well, I think would work spectacularly. And yeah, there's a lot of political intrigue as well, sort of like yeah. Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. You have certain characters who are like on adventures who are wrapped up in the magical stuff, but then you have the other ones who are just like navigating everyday society and the darker, seedier bits, and then the political side and the social side and everything. So, I think there would be a good range. It's got that shock factor. So a lot of what Game of Thrones and The Boys did really well, in my opinion, was surprising the viewer in like to the point where they, they don't know what they're going to expect to see next. Mm. And then because um, the First Lord trilogy kind of subverts these traditional characters, you don't know what they're going to do. So you could have um, the barbarian killer, for example, do something really nice. And then you could have the golden hero do a massive dickhead dick move. Mm. And it, I think that whole sort of unpredictability element yeah. has been really popular at the moment. Yeah, it's sort of like um, a twist on the typical characters. Like you said, you've got the barbarian, you've got the 
the guy torturer who's a nice guy you know, you've, you said that when you told me about this book and I completely disagreed with you that, that is not a way to describe that character I that, mean he could be a lot worse yeah but saying when when you told me about the books yeah, oh there's a torturer but he's a really nice guy I was thinking of like someone like stretching someone out on the rack but it's like really he's like I'm so sorry and then he goes home to his like wife and kids and he's like a really nice father and it's like yeah when I was reading it I was like yeah no Tom you didn't this is not how I would describe that character at all no you're absolutely right he um, Glockter does hurt people and he doesn't feel bad about it but at the same time he uh, he's, um, he's he's not inherently evil or he has a sense of common he's, decency. Yeah, he's, he's quite a grey character. Yeah. If he's, you know, he, he works for an institution that tortures people regularly, and if you're one of the people he's being paid to torture, yeah, he's going to torture you. But if you're outside that institution and you come to him for, for help and he can help you, he will. And that's sort of... Yeah, obviously you can't... If, you, if it was, as you said, a guy who stretched you on the rack saying, I'm sorry! It would just be comical. Yeah, it would. It just wouldn't happen. But that's that's when when the way you described it. That's how maybe I, I think I described it very badly. But uh, yeah, no, it's. Um, I think the first law trilogy would, would make really well. Work real. I'm really surprised it is a book series that has not been made into a TV show. Oh, I reckon at some point in our lifetime it will be. I really hope so. <laughs> I really and particularly hope so. if it's given like a good budget, I think it could be. Phenomenal. And the right showrunners and the right directors and the right actors. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I will happily answer your question with other book series that are coming to mind right now. But before I do, yeah. casting choices for the first Law trilogy. Oh. Oh. I'm really bad. Pedro Pascal. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I, I know he's at everything, but I think he'd make quite a good Logan. No. No, you don't no, see I it? Don't see it. I, I see him being grizzled. Feel like he's need, not big enough yeah, he's not he big someone, or depressed enough yeah he needs someone different um, I could maybe see like someone like Jason Momoa actually yeah no yeah. I can see that Yeah, I can see that long hair quite wild barbarian like grizzles kind grizzles. of yeah, yeah no I can see that I can 100% Absolutely. see that I think that would work I'm not sure Giselle I reckon they just get like a young upcoming actor who's really handsome yeah yeah no. uh, yeah someone maybe a bit unheard of or Hasn't been in much. But is really attra- ridiculously attractive. No. It's Glockter. I'm not sure about Glockter. Glockter? He had to have a lot of makeup because he's obviously scarred and disfigured. Yeah. No, not sure. Um, it wouldn't, I suppose, to... Mm, he's, he's a bit older, isn't he? Middle-aged? Yeah. Yeah, sort of, he's not no I don't think he's actually that, that old 30s in, yeah he's like 30s in the book but of course because he's like quite disfigured everyone mm. thinks he's older yeah um, Pharaoh not sure I don't know um, what about Baez I think it um, oh this has to be like a, like a top proper character I think it would be absolutely hilarious Ian McKellen Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> 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 he just plays him exactly the same as Gandalf, no, but would, nowhere near as nice. That, that would, I don't think that would work. Um, oh, what's the um, actor's name? He he plays Joe Jonah Jameson, and I can't... James Jonah Jameson, that guy! Actually, no, he'd be really good. I, I forget his name as well, but I know exactly who you mean. It's not Michael Keaton, it's someone else. No, it's not, definitely not Michael um, Keaton. Michael Keaton plays Batman. Yeah, I knew that as soon as I said it. 
I, I can picture the actor directly in my mind. I can picture. He's also in Whiplash. Yes, that's actually what I was picturing in my mind. But I think he would possibly. J.K. Simmons. Yes. There we go. Yes, he'd be good. Yeah. He'd be good. Um, yeah, ha- uh, buying ads would definitely have to be someone a bit older. Um, or I I've got an idea. Brian Cox. I can't remember what the TV show's called. Succession. Yes. Yeah. But he keeps going, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I can see that. I can see that. Okay, I think he'd possibly be a bit too old. Bit too old, and uh, no offence, Brian Cox, but a bit too <laughs> large. First Lord Trilogy. I really want to see it mm. as a TV show. I think it would work phenomenally well, particularly with like the popularity of like dark fantasy and stuff yeah. like that. And Joe Abercrombie is such good. If they got him involved in the making of it as well. It'd be perfect. It'd be perfect. It would be so good. We will maybe pick a couple each because otherwise I think we could be here all day. I think this is a favourite on the podcast, Tales of the Ketty J. I reckon that would do really well. That could be a good, yeah. Because nice. you've got that core um, central cast of characters and they go on a series of adventures each book. Mm. I reckon that would do really well. Yeah, that could be. That Who could doesn't be. love Sky Pirates? Yeah, it's sort of like um, steampunk sci-fi sort of elements. Ste- adventure. Pirates in the sky. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, that'd be, that would be... That would work really well. Okay. The Dresden Files, I don't know if you know this, has already been made into a TV series. Is it being... Well, I think they're working on it. No, it's already been made and published. Oh, and and cancelled. Oh. No. <laughs> I haven't watched it, but apparently it's not that good. Yeah, and I don't want to watch it in yeah. case it ruins it for me. But if if all if it's been good enough to make it to a TV series already, mm-hmm. they could do it again. Like, have you seen um, the Arrow TV show? Um, what uh, DC one? Yeah. Yes. Do you remember um, the main love interest of Arrow, Laurel Lane? Yeah. Her father, the guy who plays her father, plays Harry Dresden. Okay, I, you see that? I can. I think. How long ago was this made? Because otherwise, I think he'd probably be a bit too old. But at the same time, he looks pretty much identical. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure if that. Right. I think they probably need someone younger. He's bald as well. I think. Don't quote me on that. Yeah. He's a bit younger, a bit taller, a bit broader. Yeah. Going from. Um, sort but of- I can see Jason Momoa if he shaves but keeps long hair. I can see him as Harry. Yeah, no, I don't think that would work. I just can't picture it. No, um, going from the sort of like toy magical. I don't. I think this would make a great animated show. Skullduggery Pleasant. Oh yes! I, oh my god, yes! I don't think it would work as live action. I think it would be perfect for like three D animation. It wouldn't work live action. No, I don't know because you'd have to blend like the three D animation with the live action anyway. Yeah, um, I think it would just be just, you know so skeleton. Pleasant. Yeah, no, but like, I, I, I'm thinking a. I think the best option is sort of a Castlevania kind of mm. animation. I think that would be perfect. Yeah, cool. That would be perfect. Mm. Actually, yes. It, please, somebody pitch this idea to whoever made Castlevania. That would, I, I, I want this in my life. The one series I really like, and I'd really like to see is um, Simon Scarrow, Scarrow's um, uh, Under the Eagle. Series the, the Roman evil. ones. It, it can't do much worse than Barbarians. I haven't watched season two, but apparently it's not worth what, worth it. Uh, I can, I didn't even realize season two it came out. So apparently um, it's not worth it. Yeah, I I I would re- I really want to see like a good Roman, good Roman TV show. Like a TV show because I think it's been a while since there's been one. In, like Roman history is one of my favorite periods in history. It's great because you've got 
you've got so many like good set pieces because it's based around the military. You've got battles, you've got political intrigue, you've got espionage, uh, you've got two great central characters. Yeah. I think if you could have like a, I think you could probably have two like not overly well established actors. I think you could get two relatively unknowns. Um, one slightly older and one a bit younger for the two central characters. I think it would work super well if you gave it a good budget, good writing. I imagine they could prom- bring on some historical experts as well. Yes, make it like accurate. Yeah, if you have good like cost- Simon Scarrow is a historical expert, isn't he? He's a historian. Yeah, bring him in at least. Yeah, I think there. I think there has been. I think he's been working for years to try and get it as like a film or a TV show. I think it is one that would work so much better as a TV show. Yeah. I think film would you'd be trying to cram too much. I could if they were to do it, I could possibly see them blending some of the books together. But I think it would I think it would make a great series if they found a good cast and But um one that I definitely think would make a good show and I'm looking at the book right now, which is one we both read in the last month. Yeah. I finished it in like three days I think I'd message you saying have you heard of this book have you heard of this book you'd coincidentally just ordered like the trilogy because it was reduced like a tenner for the whole yeah. series and I you said like, you yeah. need to read this so we can talk about this on the next podcast and, and I read it and I was like oh my god it's just that first page that first page I'll let you have a look just to remind yourself it's so good here you go this one I would have lived in peace but my enemies brought me war. That's the first line. It's like, yes! Yeah. But uh, this this book's called Red Rising. Yeah. And I had originally heard of it. So one of the books I read last year, it was um, Tools and Titans by Tim Ferriss, where he interviews a bunch of people. And they some, one of the questions he asked, what's, um, what is one of the books? What are your three top favourite books or what books have you gifted most? And someone happened to mentioned this book and they gave like a short summary of it. That's really interesting because that's actually a, this is a fiction book. Yeah, yeah. It was just books that they really enjoyed. And the person that put, I can't remember who it was, um, but they put a little description of it. It It's like a sci-fi book, one of my favourite books, little bit about it. And I was like, okay, that sounds really cool. It sounds like a really good science fiction book. I need to read more science fiction. So I added it to my wish list and bought it and then eventually got round to reading it last month like I said I finished this book in like three ate through it yeah I ate through it it was, it was like um, you know when you can't stop watching a TV show because you need to know what's happening or you, and you can't or you can't that you can't put a good book down mm. because you need to know what happened and it, this was that exact book uh, before we delve into the book uh, I just uh, I just think you'd make a phenomenal TV show yes and so when we delve into it you'll understand why because my god it had so many Good plot twists that it I did. did not see coming. It was completely different. From I saw what, a few coming, but there were others where I was like, ah, I did not see that. Yeah, it was completely different from what I was expecting as well, which was wonderful. It took me by complete surprise. And it's very sort of reminiscent of that era of like, the Hunger Games. Yeah, well, I, di- think it was, I think it was published around, yeah, the, same around time the same time. Like as the Hunger Games, Maze Runner. Uh, Divergent, yeah. Um, but if the rest of them are as good as this one and don't kind of drop off like a lot of those books did, because the first one I often found was always phenomenal, yeah. like with Maze Runner, Hunger Games, Divergent, and then they gradually got worse. Mm. And 
some of them just bad like the final Maze Runner book the, the, you could literally tell that the author had stopped caring about one of the characters <laughs> by the way they were killed off oh. it was just like a complete freak accident that they died at the end I'm like and the fact that they were in the books less and less I was like you could you just felt like the author had stopped caring for the character and just wanted them out of the way yeah if the rest of this trilogy is as good as the first one it should be amazing I, it, it should it, be it, right up there it would I think it would stand head and shoulders above the others as much as I do love them particularly like the originals like the first Hunger Games and everything I think yeah this one would be better than all of them it, but it is it's not like super nearly as dark as like Game of Thrones or First Law Trilogy it's still quite brutal but it is still quite brutal and dark it's definitely sort of more mature but I wouldn't give this to a, a young teen no probably an old older teen yeah certainly. this would make a phenomenal TV series it would it would I really enjoyed it one thing that caught me off guard I don't know if you noticed this it's written in the present tense oh I didn't notice that actually no, yeah. I say, yeah. it's written in the present tense yeah so I'm going to open the page at random you can watch me here we go oh, start, start of a chapter my test comes after two months not my test came after two months my test comes after two months it's just a better verb couldn't I um, or I hiss at him he smiles but you get what I'm saying yeah. it's in the present tense I now I was going to um, google what that signifies before our podcast but I forgot it's in the present tense oh, I, until you said that I actually hadn't clocked it uh, I, for some reason I knew you wouldn't I don't know what it was but I knew I, I need to tell Henry this because I bet he hasn't noticed this it's in the present tense what do you, what, what do you think that means different style of writing it's a different every- style of writing my first thought when I read the first few chapters was oh my god this is so well written The sen- something about the sentence construction or just the way it's done is so well written that I realised no actually hold on a second it's in the present tense oh, but I, I still completely agree it's phenomenally for, for, for written yes <laughs> a glass of spring bank is completely not yeah, made up we're only, we're only one glass in <laughs> yeah but Tom, Tom's forgotten loads. We can't speak. I literally late. forgot what I was going to say. I, uh, this has not happened to me very often. Anyone else will say, I love the sound of my own voice. This has not happened very often. Oh, what was I going to say? But yes, it's in the first person. I don't know what it is. Maybe this is the reason. But I was at first thinking, God, this is well written. This is fantastic. Oh my God, it's in first person. Yeah. That's what it is. That's that, That's what changes it. Before you delve in, I think we should uh, give the listeners actually a bit of context to what the book is. Oh, I yes, realise okay. we've been blabbering on about it oh, for about yes. five minutes. We just enjoyed it. They, yeah. they can get our enthusiasm. Um, so the basic premise of the book is that uh, humans have made it to Mars. I'm not going to read the blurb because okay. I feel like that's a bit boring. Uh, humans have made it to Mars. Humans are basically split into various classes. Whoa. No, it says it on the blurbs. So okay. The lowest faction are called the Reds and they are there on Mars terraforming it for higher society the highest of which are called the Golds mm-hmm. basically the rulers the leaders the wealthy and the Reds are like living underground mining for what they believe are going to be the terraforming operations they think that their descendants will then live on the surface and be well respected and they're doing everything for the future but they then come to, or the main character then comes to find out that they've been lied to for years, mm-hmm. and that Mars has actually been colonised and inhabited and terraformed years ago, and 
it's then up to our main character, Darrow. Darrow, who then is seeking retribution against the golds and infiltrates their society in order to try and take them down, which is sort of a brief summary of the conflict that will arise in this book. But it was so like the way that the completely different the way he like infiltrates the society was completely different from what I expected. I kind of figured it would be he he would like I don't know. I didn't think I was sort of expecting a bit more of a brutal version of Hogwarts. I think every sort of fantasy, sci-fi, school drama has to be compared to Harry Potter. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be almost like um, uh, RF, uh, the Poppy War trilogy where she goes to the school. The yes, school. yes. I thought that's, it was going to be like that, analogy. where they were having like lessons and it was going to be brutal and it was going to make allies and friends, but then he was going to have enemies. Yeah. Uh, it was completely different from that. It yep, was more like yep. a survival exercise. It was more like a video game, like a battle royale. Really. Yeah. Re- yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you've seen, I, I, how did I not see that before? Yes. <laughs> it was almost like that. It was like battle royale slash capture the flag. Yeah. Um, yeah. Total war. I reckon this also plays a lot of Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was completely and utterly Pierce Brown is the author for the record it was completely and utterly different from what I was expecting but I think that made me enjoy it all the much more I was like I did not see this kind of structure to the world it makes sense though it's not just done that way just to surprise the reader although it does it actually makes a perfect sense from a plot point of view it works and a moral point of view I see that when I say that it works phenomenally well for intrigue and great characters and conflict and resolution and oh God, it's just such a great book <laughs> I really love this book um, I, I was I, I had to hold myself off just diving straight into the next one I was like no 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 you've got other books that <laughs> other books these um, other books yeah but oh, it's fun do you um, have any more to say about it um, there's some get... things I'd like to discuss when we go into the spoiler group okay. part but I definitely think it would make a great TV show. I oh, yeah. Would. Oh, yeah. Casting-wise. Mm, again, How many actors do we know, actually, who are 16 I, years old? Because they're I, all 16. Yeah. Almost everyone in this book 16. I don't know. I, I'm not great when it comes to thinking of ideas for casting. I don't know any 16-year-old actors. No. I, I think you'd probably want older ones to play them as well. Yeah, to have that maturity. Would be, I think 16-year-old actors would be too young. It's like when you're a generic, handsome, white, young man for to play Darrow. Yeah. I don't know who would play the others. Uh, before, we, yeah, uh, before we delve into... Actually, no, that's a, I'll save that tangent for later. Go into a bit of spoilers. Actually, before we do that... Yeah. Let's open... Oh, yes. The next one. Next spring bag. Yeah, this is so much darker. It is, isn't it? Yay! Just gonna have to put a star of each episode out. Yay! <laughs> and then we like a little jingle. Oh, that smells really good. Ooh, no, that's very. That, that again, that funky element. But I'm definitely getting more floral fl- uh, notes from this. A bit more fruits. I think, yeah, if sherry cask, again, more than oh, yeah. dry, dried fruit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting, like, sort of cake bread and raisin. Cake bread. 
I don't know, cake, bread, <laughs> fruit cake. That's kind of what I was in. That's kind of, but yeah, there's still that slightly mm, funky, funky element to it as well. Like that Campbelltown funk. Campbelltown funk. Cheers, Henry. Cheers. Hmm. I actually say that's drier than the last one. That's still really nice. Mm. Mm. That is definitely up my alley. Yeah, I, like, I love good cherry cask whiskies. That is really tasty. Mmm. Yeah, definitely more. I'd say I get a bit more maybe tropical fruity notes from the ten, whereas this I definitely get more of that sort of dried fruit notes. Um, again, they're sort of placing specific tasting notes. Still get it's slightly, still a touch oily, definitely dried fruits, but yeah, that funky element as well. Mm. Not maybe a little bit less of that sort of rubbery note that I got from the ten. Maybe that's more refined. About refined. Maybe the sort of the sherry cask is like toned down that rubbery, funky note. Yeah. But interestingly, I think out of the two, the ten is the one that I could quite easily just happily just pour several glasses. It'd go down very easily to sit down, pour it between myself and a few others. Whereas the fifteen, I feel like I could pour. Need to be savoured. Yeah, I, be savored. I, a bit more. It's a bit, feels a bit more savoury. Yeah. Like, yes, that's what I, I, mean, could, I think that's what I meant by dry. Yeah, but um, almost like not like say, but almost like um, you know when you get like something really nice and sweet and rich, mm. a nice sweet rich dessert, and you only need a little bit of it to be satisfied. This kind of feels like that. I could pour like a good healthy dose in a glass and then. That's it. I don't really need much more than that. I could just savour it and enjoy it. Whereas the 10, I feel like I could crack through a bit easier. Yeah. I'd, I'd sort of session that a bit more. Whereas the 15, I'd be like, I'll take my time with this. This is nice and steady. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I really like that. It's... It's the first time you've tried it as well, isn't it? I had it in a bar. Like I said, I've had this in a bar, but this is the first bottle of a 15-year-old. Bottle. Bottle. Yeah, bottle. 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 Bottle of water. Bottle of water. Uh, this is the first bottle. <laughs> um, or Spring Rank 15, I've ever cracked open. So, yeah. I haven't had it in months. Much like the 10 anyway, but that's really nice. Mm, it is good. Shall we go into a bit of spoilers for Red Rising then? Yeah. Do you want to kick it off? Right. So, spoiler alert in Red Rising. Red Rising... <laughs> Red. <laughs> no, I don't know what's going to speak today. I don't know what's happening. Like, there's something I there's, can't even think. I forgot what I was going to say. There's, there's something in the spring bank. Something in the spring. There's something on the bank. Um, okay, so in Red Rising, obviously, when the um, when the, when you go to the school, that makes up the majority of, of the plot, <coughs> you're sort of left to yourself. You're sort of given this enclosure, you sort of put in there, you're given a sort of reward system based on how well you do, um, assessed by the society's kind of like view of what you should be. So I was going to ask you, Henry, what would you do if I dropped you in the Institute? Probably die. Probably die. (laughs) Probably die. Well, I would definitely die. But... (laughs) Like, what, 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 what would be your thought process? What, what, what would you do? Well, do, do you do you mean as in which of, like, the houses? Well, the house isn't really up to you because you no. get chosen by um, the, the scions of the house. So that doesn't really matter. But what would be, like, your tactics? Like, as soon as you find out, okay, this is where the land lies, this is what we're going into. 
probably see like what resources are easy access to us. Yeah. Uh, so the context here is that the characters are basically in this battleground, but they're all assigned to separate factions. Sort of like Warzone, if everyone's Larger part groups. of a team. Yeah. Larger groups. Everyone's part of a team and you have like a territory. Yeah. And the aim is for you to basically take supreme control of the territory. Yeah. But there can only in the end be really one major leader. Although it does bring psychology into it. So yeah. if you were playing a video game, for argument's sake, like a, a capture the flag game, but there's like 20 flags or 20 teams. Yeah. It, like people are going to fuck around, they're going to grief, they're going to mess with you. But because this is actually people's lives at stake, you can win people's loyalty by, you know, through whatever tactics you can think of. And even and actually get them to support you properly mm. rather than because it's actually life or death kind of stakes it's not just a video game kind of thing like although we're comparing it to Warzone or I say I'm we're comparing it to Capture the Flag actually because your lives are actually on the line if you take someone aside and you give them some praise and support and rewards they you know they're kind of they're going to be loyal to you yeah. and like loyalty is something that you don't actually see in um, online games hmm. very often but, it's, it, but they discuss that in the book in a way it's like the characters coming to realise what they have to do to they can't be like the, an evil dictator because that yeah. ultimately falls apart they can't be seen as a weak leader because otherwise they get challenged yeah. they have to find a way to get people to support their cause of their own free will yeah and yeah Get, gather people to their cause and find the most effective way it, to it do that. It also builds momentum. After you've got those core supporters, yeah. as you build momentum, people want to join you. But yes. I suppose, yeah. yeah, that does build from your whole uh, get to join your own free will kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, that, that that was a really interesting... That The character goes through various stages of this trying to be this leader um, in part of one of these factions and realise... And, makes mistakes and doesn't get it right all the time but then works out what is the best way for them to do this and ultimately work out as the winner of this basically this competition this challenge this test um but yeah it's, it's kind of like you said it's like a battleground in a way it's they're kind of dropped in it they're in one like PUBG yeah they're like in one faction or the other um how would I handle it oh, I don't know you like I said see what See what resources are available to you, and each, of course, in well, each different faction has various resources that are available to them. Some are better than others. Some in, in different in different areas. Yeah, and in different areas and different landscapes. So I think mean, seeing what what tools, what resources do we have in our immediate area? Who's the closest threat? How can we? Well, basic stuff, really. It's like food, water, shelter, um, warmth. It's the basic stuff to at least survive. That's a very safe answer. I think the problem is, at least on the first few days, everyone still has this social conditioning where no one's going to commit like really horrible acts. No one's going to commit um, atrocities. No one's going to start doing violence straight away because everyone still thinks, oh, I'm at school or this is a game. And actually, in Red Red Rising, the book um, Lord of the Flies by William Golding is referenced. It's, it's a book that um, Darrow had to study as part of his training. 
and um, it's quite a controversial book. Many people don't believe that children would behave the way they do in that book. Um, but the, the book sort of says people left alone to their own devices kind of eventually kind of as the social condition is broken down from them being left alone to their own without any oversight they sort of become savage mm. and I can definitely see that happening in this book well that, that for certain characters at first but one of the earliest elements of the book is and this was one of the bits that really uh, plot twist that kind of to me is that major spoilers here in the first progress of the um of this test in a way they have to kill one of their fellow students yes. to progress to the next either you kill them or they kill you there's no progress yeah. beyond this point yeah and i think that in a way when you said that oh you don't most, most so people, breaking down the social it's, it's exactly is that is that breaking down people realizing this is the lengths we have to go to to survive and make it through this challenge and if you are not prepared to do that you, you will. die you, you die. will die you, will. you won't yeah. just fail you'll die yeah essentially no I, I i completely get what you're saying but i i don't think that did enough to break down the social conditioning at first no but that, you see that in the characters afterwards yeah you some see of them, them traumatized yeah, yeah some of them can't quite believe what's happened some of them don't believe it and others are like okay this is our reality i have to accept that and move on if i want to win if i want to survive and yeah i think yeah i think you would see that in any society really i think it's well it's like when stuff goes to shit in everyday life so many people all they care about is themselves they put themselves forward and they don't care about anything they're abandoning friends family it's them or nothing this is getting very bleak yeah this yeah is real bleak but, yeah going from a discussion of, oh we would make a good tv show but that, but I think that's why I enjoy this book so much is that mm. it, it has that darker tone but it has really interesting moments in it like I, and like I said really good plot twists like I was not expect but like you I thought it's going to be uh, sort of more like um, they go to the school and it's sort of um, it's going to be harsher well, and tougher I expect it to be good I expect it to be harsher tougher but I was not I w- expecting this I wasn't expecting like a battleground it went very medieval yes it went very medieval and I was not expecting that which I think is part of the reason I love it so much and like with that the plot twist of to progress they have to kill one of their fellow students and just certain elements to it it's like there's so many plot twists and it was not how I thought the story would unravel and Mm. I think that is what kept me hooked to it great characters so much interesting development great plot twists and it was just completely unlike what I expected it to be and I think that's why it was great and I think that is why it would make such a good show mm. No, I completely agree with that I completely agree with that I think there might be too many characters to perfectly translate the story into a TV show um, but I can definitely see it working and Game of Thrones doesn't <laughs> You've read? Have you read the books? Yeah. You know as well as I do how many characters got cut. You know as well as I do. Do you have anything else to add? I was just really disappointed in Darrow at the end of the book. So this is major spoilers. But there's someone who actually supports Darrow in a sort of Hunger Games style. I haven't read the Hunger Games books, but I know in the show... You never read the books? No. That's a massive surprise. It's a long story, I'll tell you after the podcast. Okay. But essentially, I know in, this, in the film, at least, somebody sends 
Katniss Everdeen support in in the Hunger Games. Yeah. Um, and someone does that to a certain extent to Darrow in this book. And then at the end, Darrow has to choose patronage between either this guy or somebody else who he hates. Mm. And although it makes perfect sense from a pragmatic point of view, he chooses the person he hates. Personally, really annoys me. Because I would... Pro- I, I recognise... Just the person I am, I recognise loyalty. And would rather... Even though it would, like, might cost me, even my ultimate goal... I would I would rather recognise the loyalty shown to me. Although I do completely understand exactly why Darrow does it. Yeah, it's I'm you can't you are allowed to feel disappointed in characters. They are, they are human. The point is to make them as human as possible. I'm sort of like, oh no, come on, Darrow, do that, please. But I do understand where he's going. Yeah, it doesn't mean I like him any less. In fact, I like him maybe even more for being his own person. Yeah, no, I know the exact point you mean. But yeah, there was someone who actually had faith in, but he. For, to achieve his ultimate goal of yeah breaking down start, he needs to get closer to the he top he needs to do that no and so I really is... hope the next book actually builds on that I really hope the next book he either falls out or moves away from this guy and goes and, and, and the person that I'm talking about supports him even more and he goes more towards them mm. that's what I hope to see such a good book and yeah it's funny like I probably wouldn't have I may, might not have come across this until if I hadn't read it in that book and then got it myself, it could have been like, yeah. If yeah. I always assume someone you knew recommended this. No, book to you. It, it was in a, it was in another book. That I, I would not have expected the non-fiction books you read to have led you to such a brilliant sci-fi book. I know, which is which is why I was like, I really wanted to talk about it. I really wanted to get you to read it once I finally read it and realised how great it is. It is a really good book. Yeah, it's probably one of the best fiction books I've read recently. Definitely. What do you think of them uh, remaking Harry Potter as a TV show? Oh, I've heard about this. Yeah. I've heard about this. What what do you feel about that? Ah! I remembered what I was going to say! (laughs) I remembered what I was going to say! Okay. (laughs) Okay. Say that before you forget. Actually, let me distract you. (laughs) No! Okay. So I remember what I was going to say earlier. Mm. For continuity purposes, earlier you asked me what book series have I read that I thought were making brilliant TV series. Yep. And I was going to say that this idea um, is actually an, a more an original idea, sort of, that's inspired by a book series I read that would make a good TV series. Mm. And by talking about the Harry Potter TV series, I remember talking to someone I know saying, oh, I've got this idea, which I think would be way better than just remaking Harry Potter as a TV show. Mm. So, to answer both those questions, mm-hmm. finally... <laughs> So, in the books, when Harry Potter graduates from Hogwarts, mm-hmm. he goes on to the Ministry of Magic and works as a aura, which is a set... I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. J.K. Rowling, please feel free to let, contact the Words of Risky podcast and let us know. But they're essentially like a um, wizard detective who track down and capture dark wizards. Yeah. And that he, Harry goes on to work as one of those. So, I was thinking, wizard detective... Detective, you say? Harry Potter, Detective Noir. Harry Potter's a grown-up wizard dealing... He's alcoholic now, dealing with um, the, the fallout of Dwight and Voldemort. He, a, a picture Philip Marlowe and Harry Potter crossover. Harry Potter, Detective Noir, solves crimes, adult TV show. He's grown up, dealing with problems and magic. That was going to be, uh, I was going to say, it's not an actual TV show, but I think it's a great adaptation, a, a, a great thing to make. 
And I was thinking this would be much more interesting than just making Harry Potter again. Yeah. I don't, think uh, I've, I don't think I've sold you on this idea. But no, because I'm, I'm thinking, like, we already know he like has quite. He ends up establishing quite a nice, happy family life. I can't see Harry Potter alcoholic detective. No. Well, that was just me posting pers- yeah. myself onto this. But uh, Harry Potter as a detective noir. Yeah, I think that would be cool. Because detective drama series. Because my thing with the Harry Potter, granted, I know it's kind of opening it up for new audiences and everything like that. Great. The films still stand up to this day. Yeah, 100%. You don't need to introduce them to a new audience. No, they still stand up. The book, uh, whatever people make of J.K. Rowling, whatever. Um, Mm. I'm not going to go down that. You could do a whole podcast episode on that if you wanted to. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I love the books still. They were. You're allowed to love the books and distance that from the creator. Yeah. Um, I'm not going down that rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, But I love the books. The books are what got me into reading. I don't think I would be as much of an avid reader today as I am if those books had not sparked the passion for my love of reading the films I still think are great granted I know they had to cut out loads because it's film it's not TV series whereas like with a TV series they want to have uh, every year uh, every season is a year they can fit so much more in but for for such an expansive world like with Hogwarts Legacy the new game they, they go back 500 years yes Hogwarts in the 19 in the 15 the 16th century or whatever it is you have such an expansive world where there is so much more than Hogwarts and Harry Potter there is room for expansion as much as I don't think the um, Fantastic Beast films were great no you have a world ripe for expansion and Mm. development you do not I don't think you need to rehash old, old ideas absolutely not I completely agree for me Hogwarts becoming the Tatooine of this particular fandom. I, although I love Hogwarts, I am getting tired of media, Harry Potter related media, focusing on Hogwarts School. Mm-hmm. Like, Hogwarts School is, I don't know where it is in the United Kingdom, I but it's Scotland. Scotland, I think. That's a small localised area in Scotland. We've got the whole rest of Earth to cover. Like, there's so much more you could do you can do with this universe exactly exactly and although yes by uh, I think maybe remaking the Harry Potter series in another decade or two that might work yeah Yeah. 100% but at the moment I'd like to see them expand the universe a bit more if all the Harry Potter franchise has to offer is this one school it's getting old yeah and the fact pun intended it's a very old school and the fact that the films aren't that old no you have actors and actresses who are iconic to those roles and perfect to play adult versions of themselves actually if I'm honest like like you said (laughs) (laughs) yeah like a Harry Potter series to be honest Daniel Radcliffe would be perfect for a psychologically damaged detective look at him Have you seen that picture of him in the dressing gown? Or whatever it is. Guns Akimbo. Guns Akimbo, yes. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Or that other photo of him with like the harness and like a dozen dogs and a cigarette in his mouth. He'd be perfect as like a psychologically damaged detective. I love how like they've all kind of... Like Daniel Radcliffe and Rupert... I think Rupert Grint, I've barely seen him act, but like I love how... uh, Dan Radcliffe has gone like deep end of playing like really weird and <laughs> he's desperately tried to break out of the Harry Potter yeah, stigma but I like it I, I like I, it I love- he has tried his best yeah. I like it he was actually really good in The Woman in Black 
I, I, I haven't seen that. I have seen that about ages ago. Yeah, no, he was... Look, the things I've seen... If I kind it, of forget about Harry Potter, I can fully believe he's not Harry Potter. Yeah. He, he did a perfect job. No, I think he, he's still a really good actor. Um, In fact, actually, there's a film I watched recently, I forget the name, but the guy who plays Dudley... Hmm. In, her, in the Harry Potter series, plays Edgar Allan Poe. Hmm. He's opposite Christian Bale as this detective in the 1800s. I, f- I completely forget what the film's called. But I swear he got, like, absolutely ripped after. Or was it the guy who played Neville? Mm-hmm. One, one or both of them, I think, got, like, absolutely fucking... Neville got like super yeah, attractive, super buff, yeah. super buff, super attractive. Like, um, oh my god! Anyway, um, Dudley, you would not recognise him in this film. Mm. You honestly, unless you point, unless someone points out to you. By the way, that's Dudley. You were like fucking hell. Yeah. You would not get it. No. Yeah, tangent, but yeah, I think when I heard the news, I was like, as much as I love Harry Potter, I enjoy it. They could do so much more with it. It but, doesn't need so it. It doesn't need, it doesn't need a remake already. No. No. And again, it's like some of those films, I think, just, like I said, they stand to... And people, if they're, like, they're going to re- remake Lord of the Rings, I'm like, they, those films are 20-year-olds, but they are still... Classics. Classics. They, 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 they don't need they, to be remade. They, they are still better than so many films that are out nowadays. I, I just... I think I've said this on the podcast before. I just want studios and producers to can, be a bit bolder. Or can people just come up with original ideas? Yes! Yes, thank you. Yes. It's like, surely we have enough creative and new... It's like, well, like Red Rising. This is a great book. Why Mm -hmm. isn't there a TV show of it? There there are so many original, fantastic creators, ideas, stories that have yet to be told and shared and given the appreciation that they need. We don't need to keep rehashing the same old stuff. It's like, yeah, it's... As much as I do enjoy Star Wars and everything... And I do enjoy Marvel, and it's we're reaching the point of oversaturation of mm. these things that I know people love them, but we're getting to the point where there's so much of it, and it's not as good as it could be. No, so much of it is just get it out there because people will watch it regardless, people enjoy it regardless, but a lot of it's not actually given the care and the passion and the time it deserves. The attention, and it's yeah. the it's just how much can we release so people keep watching and paying us for it. Mm. I think there needs to be a point where we have to take time to actually craft something well. It's like... With like At this rate, we'll end up with nothing being produced except for, like, four franchises. Mm. Like, we've got we've to do new shows. We've got to be a bit bolder and have stuff that is completely original. Yeah, I was kind of had very mixed feelings when I heard the news. I was like, okay, I'm kind of vaguely interested to see what it will be like, but ultimately, I think they could. Um, it it doesn't. We don't need a new new Harry Potter. We don't need a new Harry Potter. But uh, they, like I said, they, there's so much. And I've more. heard talk about people trying to want to cast American actors. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. American actors, no, I don't want to see it. Yeah. Well, that was one like um, Jake Rowling's stipulations. Yeah, it was like, it has to yeah, be it has to be British. Yeah. And it was, the casting for the Harry Potter se- films was and, perfect. Yeah. And it's like, there's actors who've unfortunately passed, like. Um, uh, Alan Rickman? Yeah. And. Alan Rickman was perfect as Snape. I don't know who decided to cast him as Snape, but they deserve a medal. But they are they're iconic to their character. I can't yeah. Remember. Who's the guy who played Hagrid? I'm blanking on the name. Oh, um, Bobby Coltrane. Bobby Coltrane. 
they, they, they it, it would be like trying to replace Ian McKellen as Gandalf. Yeah, you, it's you just can't. not possible. They, they are iconic to their characters. It just won't work. It won't work. I don't. I don't. I don't want to watch it. I don't want it to ruin the films yeah. for me. And I, I, I wonder why. What happens if they do a season one or a season two or a season three, and it doesn't go well and they get bad yeah. reviews? What are they going to do? Just like cancel it or drop it or something? Yeah. But um, we don't, no one wants this. Who wants this? Potterheads, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, he'd probably take whatever Harry Potter they can get. Um, but they don't need any more Hogwarts. Yeah. Well, well, okay, if you have to do the whole school theme, there's other schools. There's Ilvanori, Ilvanori, the American one. I reckon that would go down really well. There's the Durmstrang. There's the French one. That. Well, give the friend what's called. What's Le baguette. What? <laughs> Le baguette. <laughs> Le baguette. Okay, uh, yes. But, uh, yeah, but, you know, there's yeah, so there, many there's others. So, there's so much. Yeah, it's hinted at. And or make a new one. Yeah. Say no one in Asia loads magic. Like, come on. Yeah, so fun little tangent about Harry Potter. <laughs> Anything else you want to discuss? Anything else? Are, based on your question earlier, there is a lot I want to discuss. What TV, what books would make a good TV show? I'm sorry, Henry, but I'm surrounded by books, as you can see. And unfortunately, that's, you I, have opened up. No, I, I, I knew that as soon as I said, and that's why I said, like, we've got to pick a few each. Um, no, I'm sorry, but you've asked. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, Empire of the Vampire by Jay Kristoff. We've yeah. talked about this before. Yeah. I've shown you the book. It's over there. I can go get it if you that, want. That, that, again, I think would make it like a great animated series. It would. Again, Castlevania. Castlevania. Yeah, perfect. I, I wouldn't be surprised, actually, based on the artwork in the novel, um, the hardback edition anyway, if the Castlevania artists were brought on board. It would be absolutely perfect. A little bit similar to Castlevania because they've got vampires and vampire hunters. But I think that would be absolutely perfect. Yeah. It'd be a lot of flashbacks. But then again, animation. It could work. It could work. It could absolutely work. I was also going to say, building on your idea for a Roman history sort of TV show, and building on my mention of the Dresden Files, there is, of course, the Codex Alera, which is a book by Jim Butcher, who obviously wrote the Harry Dresden books, based on a Roman-style culture who can use Pokemon type monsters. I think that'd be quite cool. Um, they're, they're very much common of age kind of novels that kind of progress in the main character skills, and I, I really think they'd be really good. Should I go through the rest of the book? No, so no, books no, over? We're, we're in here almost like an hour and a half already. We yeah, have indeed. We could be here for another two hours. I might be here for another two hours once you start listening off everything after we finish. Indeed. Uh, yeah. And, and anything else you want to discuss or? Um, what do you think of the Springbank overall? I really like the Springbank. This is definitely... I need to make a note of this so I remind myself when you ask me in just in December or next January what my top whiskies are, this is going to be on there. Which which one do you think you preferred of the two? The 15 years. Interesting. I thought you might have said the 10. No, 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 no. My palate has been refined and developed ah. since last year. Interesting. Or no. the year before even. And I, I, I actually preferred the 15. Interesting. Yeah. It's richer, it's darker, it's... If I say it's not more punch, is that too cringy, or is that going to make, does no, that make sense? works. Maybe like a bit more depth of character, Yeah, I that's say. what I'm going for, that's what I'm going for. Because, I mean, it's not like punchier in terms of alcohol, because they're both 46%, but there's, um, I think that extra time in sherry cask adds like a, like you said, like sort of richer note to it in a way, 
which is I mean I've, it's well established by now I love Sherry Carter <laughs> yeah yeah like I said I think both are great I can see the hype behind them mm. I do understand it whether I will if I've come across other bottles I will probably of the 10 and the 15 I will probably try it. there are ones out there which are worth of like the 25 a stuff of several hundred or like a few hundred pounds fucking hell um, unless like, someone wants to give it to me for free I don't really care and we're listening you're super rich and wants to support us yeah but the 10 like I said I could happily very easily drink that very sort of like quite sessionably really it'd be quite easy pour if it were if I knew in if I knew it was much more accessible it would probably be a mainstay on my shelf absolutely as as it's so rare yeah and the 15 is like like I said you could just pour a nice big glass and you don't need any more whiskey after that for the rest of the night it's just a nice nice glass sit down chill lovely whiskey Mm. yeah I think for me I do prefer the 15 I am sherry cast bias but yeah 10 and the 15 are both nice absolutely amazing yeah don't be finished those anytime soon I probably won't be no the 15 I'm probably gonna try and make the bottle last a while the 10 I'll probably maybe give some friends a few samples but yeah the 10 probably will stick around for a little while as well I think the the original bottle I had lasted at least half a year or so which for me is quite good but given my whiskey collection has grown very considerably in the last couple of years yeah I'm not finishing many bottles a lot now it's more I'm just steadily working through what I've got whilst also accumulating more, more bottles <laughs> which is a problem when, when you realise when you're when you're, you're foul, I mentioned something you found the other day like oh, Henry's whiskey's breeding yeah when your whiskey collection spreads over two houses <laughs> you know, alarm have, bells you have an issue I wait for the day like Tom can I store some of this whiskey in your flat it's, it's getting close <laughs> it's getting to the point the, the only reason I would not do that is because I know I would not it wouldn't whiskey. survive you come up Tom that bottle I left here I'm like oh oh I drank oh, that. that oh yeah that went like years ago <laughs> <laughs> yes five minutes after you left actually <laughs> it downs it well I think our next episode will be really quite fun mm. because in May, hopefully... Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Train strikes preventing. If, or, uh, Notwithstanding. Strikes, notwithstanding, thank you. Um, me and you will be going to a your first. Yes. Uh, and the first one I'm not actually working at, a, we're going to a little whiskey festival. Yes. Week. So if you happen to be there, please do say hi. Yeah. If you recognise us. From our voices, I yeah. suppose. <laughs> Doubtful, but uh, uh, very unlikely. But yes, so that will be super fun to chat about when once we've been there and we end up doing our next episode. And I am also going to Scotland for a holiday. In uh, oh, I'm actually going there for work, and I am going on holiday in Scotland next month. And I will certainly be going to a few distilleries, if not planned. Basically, the whole holiday around. Around basically the <laughs> uh, So, yeah, I'm going for a little solo trip up into Scotland. I'm I'm there for work, but I've got holiday at the same time. So, working and then on holiday. And I will certainly be going to a few distilleries. I'll probably be putting that up on our Instagram. And I will see if I can pick up a nice bottle or two for us to try at some point. Absolutely. But, yeah, so that will probably... This episode will probably come out in May, once I've finished editing, so probably our next one won't be till June. 
but that will be if we can go to the whiskey festival that should be really fun It'd be a good festival and be we good can uh, discuss some whiskey topics next time I think next time I've got some whiskey questions and topics lined up so that will be quite a whiskey discussion whiskey based. heavy whiskey heavy but uh, yeah if you have any fun topics of conversation Tom next time keep it in Ooh, mind oh I'll, I'll make a list cool all right. Careful what you wish for. Yeah. Yeah, it could be end up being quite a long episode. <laughs> All right. I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed this whiskey. So did I. Thank you for sharing. Cheers, man.